0: Our scripture lesson this morning comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 18, but before I read that, let's ask for the Holy Spirit to be at work. Please pray with me. O oh God, the three in one, you draw us into your community of love with people across the ages and around the world. By the same Spirit that binds us together, speak to us so that what we read and ponder may enliven us and stretch us to trust and follow you. We pray this through Christ our Savior. Amen. Listen now for a word from the Lord. Now the boy Samuel was ministering under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and so Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am. You called for me. But Eli said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called him again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, no, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. And if he calls you, you shall say, "'Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening.'" So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling before Samuel, "'Samuel, Samuel!' And he said, "'Speak, for your servant is listening.'" Then the Lord said to Samuel, "'See, I am about to do something in Israel.'" that will make both ears of anyone who hears tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called to Samuel. Samuel, my son, here I am. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do also to you and more so if you hide anything from me of all that God told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Someone that has definitely served as a mentor for me in my pastor world journey is our dear friend and former pastor, Tom Borland. If you didn't have a privilege of being a part of our church family during his tenure as head of staff, he might best be described as humble and gentle and a bit of the absent-minded professor. There are so many things I learned from watching him. The way that he cared for families during grief. The way that he spoke from his heart during a sermon. However, I received another gift from him as a mentor because of words he spoke into my life. Wisdom that he shared with me. Around this time of year, it always comes back to me. You see, during the 2012 election, I was trying to figure out how to balance being on a church staff and discern how I might share my own political beliefs. Tom shared from his own experience as a pastor and then said, the way I decide what is right for me to do and say is based on asking myself this question. If I do this, will the people at Faith Presbyterian still see me as their pastor? I'm grateful that he was willing to share those words of wisdom from his own life and ministry. It's continued to guide my pastoral journey to this day. I truly took it to heart and it shaped the way I choose to serve as a pastor. His mentorship was such a gift for me. I'm thankful for his mentorship in my life, and this morning, that's what we're here to celebrate, the gift of mentors. Certainly with this being Confirmation Sunday, we're celebrating those who have served as mentors to this confirmation class. Teachers like Sally Bradshaw, Pat Farrell, Mike Metz, and Linda Shelley. Our incredible Christian educator, Shannon Guzzi. And then there are those who served in the former role of confirmation mentor. Mentors like John Daly, Amber Dodson, Brett Ketchum, Chris Kinsley, Tracy Morales, Sheldon Steen, Alison Van King, and Malika Woody. But the mentorship of this confirmation class didn't just begin last fall. There have been mentors all along their faith journey. Certainly their parents have served as mentors from their infancy, showing them God's love through their love for them. And then there have been folks like Lois Kennedy with the sweet cards and words of encouragement that she has sent them from a young age. Or Spencer Cullen, with his mismatched Sue's and Sunday school lessons, who have mentored them along this journey. All along the way, there have been people who have served as mentors on the journey of faith, people for whom we can give thanks. But I think as I'm making this long list of mentors, it may raise the question for us, What actually makes a mentor when it comes to the faith journey? Our scripture lesson this morning gives us a wonderful example of the story of Eli and Samuel. We know from the text that Eli is aging. His sight is failing. But that does not mean that he cannot see where God is at work. When God calls to Samuel, three times he goes to Eli, thinking that the priest is calling him. At first, Eli tells him to go back to bed. However, when it happens repeatedly, Eli's wisdom kicks in. He realizes that Samuel isn't dreaming, but rather God is calling to him. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't share these words of wisdom and mic drop mentor out. Samuel tells him what God has said. Eli tells him what to say to God. Mentors don't only share wisdom, they help us understand what it means to have a personal relationship with God. Eli gives him language to talk to God. He he helps him recognize that God is the one who is calling and how he is to respond. He has modeled for him how to care for the temple. He has taught Samuel how to tend the lanterns, but now he makes it personal. When I was in high school, I took part in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Our advisors were a young couple in town, Gray and Laura Garrison, They had met through FCA at Clemson University and wanted to help shape the lives of young people the way FCA had shaped their faith journey. Laura wasn't just someone who showed up to club meetings on Tuesday evenings. She was there on the sidelines cheering you on at your sporting events. She would show up with lunch for you when you'd had a bad week. But one of the most powerful things she did for me was invite me to study the Bible alongside her. This wasn't a time where she lectured and I listened. Instead, she sat down with me. She got her journal and her Bible out and she began to show me how she personally would study scripture and how God had spoken to her through that study. She modeled what it looked like to have a personal relationship with God. She didn't have it all figured out, but she was willing to be open and to show me what it meant to have my own relationship with God by sharing part of hers. Mentors share wisdom, they help us understand what it means to have a personal relationship with God, and they are willing to open themselves up and be vulnerable. When Samuel answered the Lord, God brought a message that was an indictment on Eli's family. If I were Samuel, I don't think I'd want to share this news, especially with the person I admired and looked up to. But he does share the message because Eli, in humility, lays it out there for him to speak God's word. What's more, when Samuel does share the message of God, Eli doesn't question or challenge him. He accepts the message and says, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. It's like the tables have turned. The pupil is now the mentor. And in a way on this Confirmation Sunday, I think that's true. Confirmands, you have taken time to study. You were examined by our session. And today, after lots of waiting, you will be presented as members of this church family. And God is ready to use you to share your wisdom To help others understand what it means to have a personal relationship with God. The Lord wants to speak so that the message of truth can be offered through you. And before you try to argue with me that you're not old enough or you're still figuring this fake thing out, I want to look back at our scripture one more time. You see, all mentors have limits. No matter what stage of life we find ourselves in, God still wants to use us. Eli was getting up there in age. He couldn't see. He needed Samuel to be able to continue to do his work as a priest. And in case you missed the message that Samuel received from God, Eli didn't have the perfect family. And yet God used him to serve as a mentor and walk alongside Samuel on his journey of faith. And then we look at Samuel. Wait, you say, he was the pupil, not the mentor. Well, by the end of the story, the roles had changed. When he speaks to God, he receives a message. He shares his wisdom. He helps Eli understand God's plan and takes on the role of mentor. And yet, he too was limited by age and experience. But God still used him. Each of us who affirm that we are children of God, who are willing to open ourselves up and be vulnerable, have the opportunity to serve as mentors on this faith journey. It doesn't matter if you hold a certain position. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. And you definitely do not have to be perfect. Limits and all. God wants to use you to speak the truth, to make God's presence known, and to help others on their journey. We are each gifted to serve as mentors on this faith journey. And that, my friends, is something for which we can give thanks. Hallelujah. Amen.